Hello, friends. The first one thing I want to talk about is uh, I just follow up from my last week's video, and I had some clips in there. And basically, we got some good clips out of the video. And I went on a rant about Legos. And I said it's like the dumbing down of America. And when I do these rants, sometimes I get very passionate and my point gets lost, especially you get lost in a clip. That's why we have these long form, which is much better. But I want to say two things to clarify it. And then I also want to justify it. And that is, you know, because I was coming off of just seeing all my reels blow up and not getting any money. Basically, people get about $80 per 10000 views, right? Depends. So if I have 50,000 views and I have, you know, eight, that's $400. It's not about the money. It's about the scalability. And I have three things that go 50,000 in a week. I'm like, oh, that's an actually an interesting model. Like the, the content is making money, you know, people are starting to set up these Instagram accounts where you can subscribe and all that shit. And, you know, you know, pay more. I'm not going to do that. Like either it's going to be Patreon or whatever. So I was like in the middle of like my, my head of like, what the fuck? Like they, you know, uh, there's a lot of news that's not being reported. And so when I'm driving down the street at night and I see the big billboard for the Lego show, I got, was like triggered. I'm like, but that's what we see. And it was more of a metaphor. It could be anything. It could be, you know, everyone was kept coming at me and go, that's not the show. The show you're going to go for is, is it cake on Netflix? Is it cake? People fucking went crazy. Is it cake? How dare you fucking pick on Legos when is it cake is on? People were going batshit. And I'm like, yeah, the whole thing got lost in translation. And I get it. Like, Like I said, I'm a fan of Will. It's not about Will. I'm a fan of Legos. I think they're fucking spectacular. People, and I do think they are super creative and build fun and, and all wonderment. It's not about the 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 example. It's, it's, cake's great. I love cake. You know, cupcake boss or whatever. Fuck. It's about the ability to get things that are. And then people started attacking me personally. Started going after me. Like, Your whole career is escapism and all this shit. And yes, here's my point. My point is, if I'm going to be able to see a housewives arguing, if I'm going to be able to see grown men talk about Legos, if I'm going to be able to see if it's a cake or a pie, I got to be able to write on Facebook or ask a question on Facebook about a certain medical procedure without getting banned or getting a warning or getting a scroll. I got to be able to post things on TikTok that are aggressive but not dirty and without getting a warning. So what I'm saying is things that resonate with people that are real, that are intense, get these flags and all the light stuff doesn't. Of course I made a career out of that. Of course I did. You get in where you fit in. But when I was doing it wholeheartedly, somebody said something about my show, which is not true because my show was much deeper. If you think it wasn't deep, then you're just not the intelligent person that you claim to be because the show really humor humor covers everything. I could sit here and talk to you all day. 
But you, if I did that, I'd be a lecturer and I would lose you very quickly. Why comedians are comedians or why we use humor is because humor helps soften the blow. It's simple, okay? It's putting broccoli, you know, on a pizza for a kid. Try to get them their vegetables, right? That's what humor is. So if you want to say Malibu's is pure escapism, I could see why you say that, but you're really not, you're not capable of critical thinking to realize it was a comment on race in our society. Of course, it's covered up with hip-hop jokes and big chain jokes and funny and buy y'all cars, but that's how we subliminally put a message in you. If you think the Jamie Kennedy experiment was just some prank show, it's just not. It was a... When we did an episode about a guy who was in a, who met an, a blind guy's wife and where the wife showed interest in the guy and the guy was being the new assistant to the blind guy, she led him on. The experiment was, would the guy sleep with a blind guy's wife? I mean, that's a social dilemma, right? That's a moral dilemma. If you want to say that's just fun, hidden camera, sure. But to me, that shows the foibles of the human condition. And when you just fucking lightly just gloss over it, you're not capable of thought. You're not capable of critical thought. And it angers me because this is what I have to deal with. You know, you just, and this is goes back to the vaping. Probably a lot of people vape. And I'm not saying you shouldn't vape, but a lot of people aren't of clear mind. Sorry, so many people got mad at vaping. Hey man, first we want to go back to cigarettes? No, first of all, fucking vape if you want. But just admit it. Say, I'm, I'm fucking a weak vapor. Don't go to cigarettes. Just know that if you do stuff like this, it's not of clear mind. Just like if you drink too much coffee, you're probably not of clear mind. So that being said, it wasn't about Legos. That was just the example. It could be anything. But number, and 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 that's what it is. It's about, we can't talk about real things. And people talk about, so let's just say if you think my stuff is all escapism, which I understand it is, a lot of it is, but there's hidden messages, but I can see that, right? Three Kings is not escapism. I was an actor in it. Uh, you know, Scream is very smart. I guess it's escapism. It's very smart. Boiler Room isn't just escapism, but it's great. Like, so bottom line is this. When I was doing stuff like this all the time, and you know me more from movies and TV, the world was at a functioning place of, of society. We weren't, we never had a pandemic in our lifetime. We never had a two-year pandemic. We never had a pandemic that was declared ended, which is not. We never had then another mutating pandemic that kept changing. We never had then a disease, a monkeypox that came after the pandemic. We never had people calling a disease racist. We never were connected in the internet like this. It was starting. There was no social media. We never had a president that literally, we had Bush, but Bush like could say sentences. We never had a president literally like, hey man, what, what am I doing? Like we never had like potentially like a weekend that Bernie's president. We never had... 55 genders. So you understand what I'm saying? Like the world is in a different place. Everybody who feels everything about themselves shares it online. You understand? We're dealing with eight or seven billion personalities. Like that's why it's hard to get anything done if you're online because everyone has a voice and everyone overshares. Brad Pitt's not sharing. Julia Roberts not sharing because that's they're already glorified. But it's the people that feel as important as Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts. They're going to be like, I'm important. And this is who I am. And I'm a gluten-free, pansexual, vegan mom of two ferrets with a uh, 
bulbous penis, like, I don't know, whatever. Like, we didn't have one of those. Like, I mean, we had all this stuff. It just wasn't shared. So all of these things are around us. And the world is insane. Not That's not insane. I'm just saying it's there's so much China. All this stuff is happening. Yeah. I think we all have to buckle in, wipe through the clutter, and see what's important. And I think entertainment's job should be, I don't think there's a lot of time for fun right now. That's just me. That's just me. I don't think we should have football season. I don't think we should have bad. You go, you're fucking crazy, dude. No, because if we have that, you can't complain about guns. You can't complain about abortion. See, that's how I am. When I want something, I focus on it. I don't have a life and I get it done. That's my life. And that's how I think the world should be. Get it done. There's no playtime. There's no fun time until it's done. So if people aren't doing that, well, the NFL should never stop because they're going to make money. But they're making money because people are stopping and they're consuming it. Or there's a lot of people that just aren't even aware, don't understand, can't think, and don't think. The point of that was we're in an insane time. My brother lived through Vietnam. He said, this is crazy time. I've talked to older people. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. Things seem somewhat normal now, but they're really not. Housing bubbles about to burst. You know, a lot of shit's going to happen. So that's what I was saying is why are we allowed all this escapism when we need to buckle in? I don't get mad at them, the powers that be to supply it because they want to keep it going. If you want to keep your power, what do you do? You, you give the kitten toys so you can go do what you want, right? Well, that's what we are. We're kittens. But I'm mad at all my fellow kittens who are like, don't see it. And they start fighting. And that I get it, but I, but I don't agree with it. But the other thing is, is that fact people were so mad about the Legos. That was my point was proven that people really got mad about Legos. It's exactly the, the point was served. Like if you are debating me about Legos, we're over, we're overseeing the bigger thing here. That's the issue. We're in our fifties. People are in their thirties, twenties, whatever. Talking about building blocks. Like some guys like, I'm watching with my kid, man. It's, it's, my kid loves it. I'm sure he does. I'm not saying get rid of Legos. I'm saying is maybe you should teach your kid calisthenics, how to cook, the value of money, like all of that other stuff, like how to survive in the woods. Like that's what I'm thinking. So that's what that was. I don't mean any disrespect. Number two is I'm going to jump back in to the system. I, I, I rail on the 10 percenters in our business. I rail on the log jam in our business, but, uh, I got some good things popping and I think the tides are turning a little bit instead of downsizing I'm downsizing in my life, but I'm now upsizing again in my career. The beautiful thing is now, like, I just switched my address, but I really don't have much mail because everything is just digital, right? It's awesome. Like, your bills, everything. That's fantastic. And so, like, I sold my house. I was talking about that. The housing bubble is going to happen. There's going to be deals. And I just wanted to focus in and live small. Live in a place where I don't have a lot of responsibility, a gardener and all these other things. You know, pool man. I know that sounds like an asshole, but I'm saying someone like me, I focus on a lot of shit. And then I forget I need an hour to write all these jokes or I need to look at this or. And I'm too fucked up because I'm thinking about a fucking plate that's out of place. You know what I mean? It's like uh, obsessive compulsive or some shit. I simplify my life, everything in its place, a place for everything, COVID clean out, get rid of a lot of stuff. Got a dope fucking two bedroom right now that's my home base. Deep in the heart of Hollywood. And now I can really focus. I'm almost done getting it all set up. And then it's going to be just a creative command center. 
you know, so I can focus on jokes. I can focus on trying to sell TV shows. I can focus on, you know, trying to get a movie funded. Focus on the right acting role. Because I wanted to go back to the early 90s where I was more lean and I didn't have any knowledge, just a bunch of passion. And now I have knowledge and passion and money. And I have the ability to say no. So I can reboot with all of my knowledge, if that makes sense. Not that I stop, but I'm clearing all out the old, restarting. And what's cool about that is, as I feel like the business is too, like LA, even though there's a couple of days last week I was driving around, I'm like, is LA getting empty? Feels like it's getting busy again. Feels like the tide is turning. It feels like, and we should all be inclusive. That's different than woke. Feels like the inclusive things in Hollywood and content is doing wonderful. And it feels like woke pushed for stuff is being late, is being exposed as a fraud that it is. And I think companies, because I'm talking to companies that are more, I, I don't think people are, they're going to, I don't think the witch hunt's going to be the same. I don't think, you know, I think the tide's turning a little bit and people are, they're not going to just go, oh, someone needs to be canceled. They're going to cancel them right away and all this shit. And I think that, you know, the numbers don't lie. People in America are sick of being policed and having to walk on eggshells. And so there's a lot of more, what I would call normalcy, but what super liberal people will call right-leaning, I guess, whatever. I think it's starting to come into Hollywood and people are like, fuck it, I'm going to say what I feel. And and I could just tell because there's more, more people are interested in other stuff. Like I'm, you know what I mean? I'm allowed to, I'm going to, I'm trying to put some stuff together and I think it's going to happen because I know what I'm doing. Like, doesn't matter if I'm fucking or male or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've had it, you know, I think we all, there has to be, everyone has to be inclusive, but it shouldn't be excluded either. But yeah, I get it. If you only want to make X amount of movies and whatever, I don't want to think about all that. Poly, identity politics, gender politics. I just want to good. If you're good, I don't give a fuck what you have. I don't care if you have a penis on your forehead. Let's do something. So all that being said is I think Hollywood is getting less stringent on you know, if you're going to be, you know, have the pokey poke. And I think that there's just a lot more stuff happening and people are like, let's just fucking get good shit, man. There's a lot of people scrambling for their dinner and, uh, I'm going to be doing funny. You should ask again, which I haven't done it in two and a half years. I just got booked today and now it's on CBS. That's exciting. I mean, fuck two and a half years. They took, we took off, man. That's what I say. Like the pandemic has been, I feel like more than anything, there's no, like, kid gloving right now. It's like, there are still people acting like it's last summer, but, like, last summer was, like, a tester. And then we went into the winter, and then it was about to get good, and then everybody got sick again, and, and then we had all this shit, and then fucking people were like, what's going on? And then we came out of that, and then we just, everyone's been rolling. So, I think... Uh, I think everyone's just going to go and work and do until they're literally drug off. Whether if you're an actor, director, producer, studio, I think movie theaters are getting full again. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably going to be mostly event movies, but there's going to be a ton. I think people are just, content's going to be happening. If we get another lockdown or whatever, just content, content, content. So I think it's a good time to be in the space of creating something. And the business is changing. Um... I'm lucky because I did something with Jack Osborne uh, and Jason Muse. It's Jack's specials. He does investigative stuff. He did Bigfoot with Jay. And now he were doing uh, 
doing UFOs. And when I did it last year, he was like, it's Discovery Plus, dude. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, they're going to they're gonna take over. And he's early. And then the day they announced that our show's coming out, September 3rd, uh, fucking Discovery Plus ate up HBO and all that, which is crazy because HBO is the crown jewel. So Discovery Plus is basically going to be like they're going for it. I can tell you they want to take over. They're going to do everything from cooking shows to baking shows to documentaries, whatever. And for me to get that job, you know, you would think, oh, it's pretty easy. You just get on and Jack and he loves you. And Jason he loves you. And he's like, oh, it's cool. But I had to go through a process to get on that show. Like it was not easy. And I've had, it was like getting a movie. And I'm so glad those guys fought for me because it was like, you know, what, what, you know, what's the social media say? It's like, there's a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go into it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. I got on it and I was lucky to be on it and I'm excited and I would love to get into more Discovery Plus and all that stuff. So, boom, boom, ba ba. The business is totally changing again, but I think for the good and it's constricting. So, yeah, I'm fucking, I, I'm just going to ride or die. I'm never going to not be in this business. You know that. I can rail. I'm never not going to live in California. I may get a place somewhere else outside, but I'm always going to have my home base here. That's just the way it is. I don't care how crazy it gets. You need people like me, boots on the ground, right? To help fucking keep common sense in this state. So the agencies are constricting, and it's an exciting time. So, you know, the business was started, really, William Morris. I'll give you a little brief history here. This could be a long one, but you might like it. MCA was Lou Wasserman. MCA, something, something artist. MCA was like the first superpower agency in the 50s. And at one time, Universal, they were either part, Universal had like the Universal Star School, which everyone did. You made stars, you made your stuff, you made your product, you sung, you danced, you do all this shit. And then I guess Universal, I think it was, it was MCA Universal for a long time. Either Universal, there was an act in the 60s that, Studios could not own agencies. There's all these laws, believe it or not. And like Hollywood has no HR, but it does. There's a lot of laws to be an agent. It's incredible. Managers, that's why people are managers because you can do you can fucking do anything. It's fucking wild west. Agencies are very regulated, and it's regulated like a stock exchange because the stock is human beings, the stars. The first MCA was Lou Wasserman, who became the chairman of Universal. I think his agency was acquired by Universal. Universal just had the homegrown stars. And then I think Lou Wasserman was one of the early people that like started like, hey, I got to rep you. You know, you're a young star. You're, you're, you're singing, you're dancing. You need protection. You got to get more money. He started MCA. I used to know his granddaughter. She used to go to uh, fucking Dantana's all the time on Sunday night. And you would see Lou there. Sunday night, that was like the Wasserman back table. It was fucking legendary. He's the guy with the big glasses. Look him up. The original OG mogul. Of Hollywood. And basically, in a nutshell, he was one of the foundations of Hollywood. And through becoming an agent, I think he became the chairman of Universal. Super powerful. I think he had I think he had Ronald Reagan at the time. He convinced Ronald to live, to become the president. Of, Ronald Reagan went from the president of SAGS. So was like, got your acting training down. Like, learn how to be a president. So he did that. Then he was like, president of the governor of California, which is the president of California. And now they did it. They couldn't believe it. And then he's like, we got to groom you for the White House. And they did. So literally, if you look at anyone ever says, 
well, is it a, is, is being the president a role? I mean, you can't look any better than Ronald Reagan. And I love Reagan. I didn't even know I loved him until I got older. Like, he's funny. He's cool. He's an actor. He always looked good. I mean, if that's the role, that's the role. Reagan did it, right? So there's your Hollywood politics connection. Along those lines, either before or during, Billy Moe was started. And Billy, William Morris uh, basically was a New York agent. And millions of people have come out of the Billy Moe mailroom. Like Hollywood was birthed. The internship for that is insane. If you get it, it's if you start in the mailroom and you make a dollar an hour and you work 17 hours a day, but you're fucking getting coffee for fucking Milton Burrell's fucking agent. Like So David Geffen came out of there, Michael Lovitz. I could do a whole Hollywood series, but just the biggest of the big fucking, I want to say the president, one of the early founders, Paramount, at least 20 Titans. I want to say Michael Eisner came out of there, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Like, I think it's the New York office, and they opened the L.A. office for the pictures, the motion pictures. And L.A. became more of a hotbed for agents when it was they came out of New York, and then they went to L.A., but then L.A. became its own. So it was Billy Moe. Everyone came out of Billy Moe. Michael Ovitz left William Morris, started CAA. Boom. You know what that became. Uh, at the time, uh, I don't know. It was, when I moved to town, there was, a, there was an agent called, an agency called Triad, and I think it was Bill Block, who was another huge power player. And I think ICM, International Creative Management. I don't know who started them. I think somebody left William Morris and started them. Maybe uh, Jim Wyatt. Again, another power, superpower broker out of the room of Billy Moe. And I'm giving a long history, but it's fascinating to me to talk about it because I forget how much I know. And you might like it. Um, basically, you could, these guys, ICM, it was, the, it was William Morris and then CIA became the biggest. And ICM, it was really a fight for two. But ICM was there, and William Morris is such a legendary place. So it was like CAA and then William Morris, right? And ICM. And ICM is also, I always love when agents fight because that's how you make money, and that's how your clients work. So <sighs> agencies, see, if you're an actor or a comedian or whatever, it's just you. We have to live and die by our production. I had a manager one time. I said, well, I just got this job. It was, you know, 20000 and you didn't do anything to it. She's like, well, where's my 2000 And I said, well, I did it. She goes, that's not the point, honey. I'll never forget this. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, if they don't want to pay on the little stuff, you expect them to pay on the big stuff? I got to train you. You always got to pay. And I go, okay, I understand that, but I'm not going to do that to you. But you didn't have anything to do with this one. She's like, what about all the calls? What about all the follow-ups? What about all that? All the stuff you didn't get. And I said, yeah, what about it? She goes, I work for you. I should get paid for that. I go, yeah, that's what your salary is. She goes, yeah, but it's for you. So I paid her the commission on a job that I got myself because she said she sent me out. How about all the auditions that I go on that I don't fucking get a callback? How about you don't give me any feedback? Are you giving me an hourly? That's when I started going, this shit is sour as fuck. Okay. Paid people for a job that I didn't get. They called on a bunch of jobs that I didn't get. They got paid by their employer, and they wanted me to pay them on a job I got. No, I don't get paid for every callback. I don't get paid when I go up and down three times and go to stooge school to meet the Farley brothers and learn how to be fucking Larry Fine. And I didn't get the fucking three stooges, but I put a lot of work in. I didn't get anything. I got fucking coffee and a bagel and amazing meetings. And I have seven. It's two screen tests. I didn't get it. 
I should do a whole series about all those things I didn't get that you'd be surprised. But I, I didn't get it. No one paid me. So all these agencies are there. And I, so what I love is I, I was a big agent one time at CIA and I said, dude, you're the best agent, dude. You're the fucking man. And when I was there and I was like, you got to just fucking take all my projects and sell them. I said, don't put me with these other guys. And he's like, he's like, I'll try, dude. But I'm like, dude, you'll make so much money. He goes, nah, we all fucking don't make the same. And I said, why? And he goes, because we can't have fighting, right? It breeds contempt. So if you're an actor or whatever, you sell something, you get that cut. Agents, they're on a salary, which sucks because it makes them more complacent. But the issue is they have this fucking beehive, so they feel strong. If you have 300 people behind you with the same logo, you're like, feel strong, right? So that's the, the gimmick of an agent where I don't have 300 fucking actors behind me. So that's why it's us against the world, right? And he's like, dude, I would love that, but it would just, there would be a bunch of infighting and everyone would say, who did this and who did that? And everybody at the end of the year would, how do you pay the bonuses? Well, ICM, that's what they used to do, which was why they're fucking killer, right? And it was, used to be called, I'll call myself. Where you would go in, you would hear something and fucking uh, uh, Halle Berry's up for a job. They know you like her. They like her. And the other agent's like, I can call for her. And you're like, no, I'll call myself. And then you call, take someone else's information, get her the job, get her fucking $2 million. is coming into the agency. Who did that? You did that? Yeah, I made the call. So that whole department didn't do it? I did it. Oh, so your bonus goes. So that's what ICM was. They they kind of was in the agency, but there was a lot of fucking people taking credit for shit, which is awesome. I think that's a great way to do it. Kill or be killed. Anyway, then you had an offshoot from Triad, and a lot of those guys either went to Endeavor, started Endeavor, which is Ari Emanuel, and other people started UTA, which I think was Marty Bauer, which is Kevin Mallory Power. Here's how it's looking. The business has changed. CAA just bought ICM. Well, Endeavor bought William Morris years ago. It's WME, powerhouse agency. CAA is the king of the mountain, along with WME. They just bought ICM. Four agencies are now two. UTA, I think, acquired a different couple of little smaller players. Massive. So it's really, this landscape is CAA, WME, probably, and UTA. Probably UTA is a teeny bit smaller than those two. But it's, again, massive, right? And I've been with CAA and UTA. And I was at APA. And, I'm, and now there's my agent, APA, which was a humongous agency. And, you know, there's waves to this. Well, a lot of guys from ICM didn't move over to CAA. So now APA got a ton of amazingly big new super clients. A lot of great comedy clients too. So APA just got supercharged. So now the town is CAA, WME, UTA, who's probably going to acquire somebody, and APA. APA is like under, but it's right there. So now my mini or mid-agency just became a mini major, which is good because I'm in there and I think I can work the system. And I don't like the systems, but I got to do it right now because the business is constricting, but it's also expanding. Paradigm, no one knows where that is at the moment. And Gersh is always going to be Gersh. It's its own thing. It's uh, pretty amazing. Um, but probably someone else will get bought. And you're going to have basically like nine agencies within four agencies. Does that make sense to you? So you're going to have these fucking supercharged places. You got all these content streamers popping up more and more. AVOD is going to be the way. Subscriptions are going to get less. And uh, basically... What happened was I was going to leave my other management team and we were both discussing it and we thought, um, I called and, and I was, you know, saying, Hey, I was thinking about maybe I was going to move on. And they were like, Oh, we were thinking the same thing. It was great working with you, but we just, we didn't really, we didn't really get anything going with each other for who knows a multitude of reasons. I can't go into that, but you know, our vibe was 
but it was great. It was the greatest little breakup, whatever. And as that happened, I remember having like a fucking vision that I was going to see this woman again who I used to see in the beginning of my career. And uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Your father, he had a watch up his ass. His ass. It's crazy. Everybody used to do it. Um, I had this vision that there's a woman, very hardworking, amazing woman. And I'm like, I, what's going on with her? I wonder if, how she's doing. That's somebody that could really blow up my career and make me hot again. That's what I felt. Sure enough, this is where you have to go. Is it grand design? Is it, what is that word? Is it predestination or free choice, right? You ever heard these terms? Am I unfolding my path or am I seeing the path that's unfolding in front of me? Like, which is it? Is, am I following a path or am I choosing the path, right? So I had that vision. Now, was I already seeing into the future? Did I break the quantum realm? Sure enough, I do a gig I've never done before. A new spot, a hot spot in Beverly Hills, which I should go there more and fuck around, right? But I'm like, I'm so tired of all the bullshit. I don't go to all the hot spots. I don't go. And I fucking go to, you know, then I went to Mr. Chow's and I went to Mastro's. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking go here and eat and hang the fuck out and see fucking George from TMZ and fucking take a picture and whatever. Like fucking the way we should do it in Hollywood, right? And sure enough, there's this hot new restaurant. I fucking go, and my friend having a comedy show, and she booked all these amazing comedians. She's like, do the show. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be back in town. I'm like, all right, I'll fucking play a fucking restaurant. She's like, no, it's going to be a cabaret. It's going to be awesome. And she's got a lot of good comics on it. And I'm like, I got to fucking go and close the other show. And I never do this. And I go, She's like, when you want to go? She's like, I can put you early, like one or two. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to go one. Like, someone's got to open it. But she goes, I can put you right away, like the first comic after the MC. And I never do that. But since everybody was a headliner, it's not weird to do that. Like, everybody's a headliner on these shows. So, you know, I like to close, but doesn't mean I'm going to get to. So she's like, yeah, I'll do that. And I was like, okay. I was like, but it just happened that I was going to go. And everybody's getting like 20. And it's this fucking dope restaurant, and they're just starting this little cabaret, and the lighting was a little off, and the food was incredible, and the stage was a little small, and it was a guitar mic, and, you know, it was it was very fucking charming, but it was new. So, you know, you fuck around, talk about the place, and does anybody need an hors d'oeuvre, whatever, you know. It's not the normal setting for us, but the crowd was hot. I mean, and they were a little, you know, Beverly Hills, a little scared, a little early, didn't have a Bellini yet. But, you know, I start in, I shit on myself when I see crowds like that, make them laugh, self-deprecation, ingratiate myself to them, and then I start hitting them with material to make them question stuff, you know? And it was great. I had a really good set, you know? It was a very good set. And I saw, it was, it was a good set. And I saw this group of women in the front laughing laughing like all these like these beautiful women and I'm like who are these women I mean even think about it I was just in it you know whole group of women they're laughing like who you would think you would see in Beverly Hills like like Fendi bags but laughing like you usually don't see people with Fendi bags laughing but laughing like a Prada purse but laughing you know so I'm sitting there I'm having a fucking faux gras with my boy and I have to go right to the next one and I'm like eat this real quick and this woman comes up to me and she's like Jamie I'm not gonna use any names she's like it's so-and-so. I'll go, oh, my God. I haven't seen you forever. And she's like, yeah. She goes, you're 
hilarious. She goes, we got to have, co- we gotta have coffee. And I said, okay. She's like, take my number. And I take her number. She goes, text me tomorrow before noon. Like, good, like instructions. I was like, okay. So I haven't seen you forever. She's like, okay. That was the woman that I had the vision about, who I knew in the early 90s, who has now become a superpower broker. In the beginning, she was just starting. Incredible. I had a vision. She shows up at this show, and boom. I text her when she tells me, we said a coffee. Like that. Like everything she said. You tell me. Then another actress was there who was with her, who was supposed to be my girlfriend in another movie, but her schedule got busy, so she couldn't do it. Ends up putting it in her story that she was at the show. And I'm like, I didn't even know you were there. She's like, I know. She goes, we just happened to go last minute. You're so funny. I love you. But let's catch up. And she's friends with the woman. It, it was just, am I choosing the destination or am I being led? Am I an NPC or am I the main character? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like I was early fucking EA games in Laura Croft and I went into the right tomb. Like, but I felt it was just weird. Incredible, right? Anyway, her and her partner are amazing. I've had probably more meetings with them than I've had with any reps in the last fucking 15 years. I've already met with them six times. I've already given them so many projects. I've already talked about so much stuff. And they know who I am. They know the base of who I am. They know how I think. They know how we talk and how I believe. And they're they're not scared to get on this truth train. And I'm like, let's do it. And so I'm going to be back in the game of, and I know you can call me a hypocrite. You can call me other things I said, but, and that's a big, but is that I'm meeting people that believe in me and they're like-minded. So of course, if people are like-minded and they believe in me, why not? Of course I want to jump on. I hate the way the system is, but there are people in the system that won't work with you. It's the navigating all the fucking different canals within the stream. That's what's annoying. So I am going to be teamed up. My agency's getting hot. My management company is hot. I don't want to get too excited, but I got a lot of good. I'm excited. So, hey, let's see where we go. But I think there's a tide turning. I think the town is getting less woke. I think the town is getting, it's just more about what's who's good, who can deliver. I think big concepts are going to come back. It doesn't have to be all this, you know, overthought. Wire rim glasses stuff. I don't think people are going to be mad. I think comedy is going to fucking seize the day. So that's that so far. Anyway, like, subscribe, fucking double subscribe, triple subscribe. Help me out. Much of love. I love you. Peace.